Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. We're happy to have Francis Ball back with us today in the studio to fellowship about our life study of Genesis. Welcome back once again, Francis. Thank you very much. Today we're going to look at the most precious experience of Abraham and a message entitled The Trial of the Called Ones. Francis, would you give us a short review of how Abraham's life is really a picture of our own Christian walk? Well, in these life studies, we've seen that God never does anything without a purpose. So the record of Abraham's experiences are in this same principle. This is not just a story of an ancient man living in an ancient time. It's actually a very real and clear picture of the experience of all the called ones. I consider myself to be a called one, and I consider many of our listeners are called ones. So you might say once there was one Abraham, and now there are many, many Abrahams. If we follow Abraham's history, as he journeyed from one place to another, living in a tent, building an altar, we can trace our own experiences by this as we follow the Lord. The situation in Abraham's day was at that time when man was seeking to do so many things for himself. You remember They were building a city to protect themselves. And when they had left God, then they were building a tower to make a name for themselves. And this is the situation in our day, too. People are not trusting God for His protection, but they're building up a good defense and protection for their own selves. So Abraham, instead of building a city, he lived in a tent. And instead of building up a tower for his own name... He built an altar to call on the name of the Lord and consecrated all that he had to be for God. And isn't this our case? Abraham's life is really a picture of our own Christian walk. We have been called like he was, and now we must follow the Lord as he did and learn the lessons of walking with the Lord as he did. Thank you, Francis. I'm sure we're going to see more of those lessons learned today in the life of Abraham. Let's join Witness Lee. Tonight we have come to the most precious experience of Abraham. We saw at the beginning, he was dragging his feet, right? He got through that, and he got a victory all the way to Sikkim. And furthermore, to Bethel. That was wonderful. And there, in those places, he built an altar, calling upon the name of the Lord. And he pitched the tent, declared to the whole world he was an anti-testimony to the whole Babel situation. That was wonderful. Don't you think that he has arrived, attained the peak 
in his experience of God. We would all agree that if we were there, surely we would stay. But don't say this. Abraham was the ancient you. And you are the modern Abraham. Last night you were in Canaan, on the peak. But this morning, I don't know what happened. <laughs> you just moved downward to the border of today's world. Tell me the truth. Didn't this happen to you? To reach the peak of an experience is easy. But to remain here is not so easy. Francis, Witness Lee alludes to a number of experiences Abraham has passed through when he talks of Abraham's reaching a peak in his relationship with God. Could you give us a little more background on how Abraham arrived at this peak? After all, his story is our story, and I believe we'd all like to arrive at such a peak and be able to stay there. Abraham is really a picture of what we are. And he was going through a lot of experiences. He was a called one of God. And so we really like to follow his path as a picture of the path of all of us who were called by the Lord. When he went through experience after experience, he was responding to that call. He came to place after place, and he would either build an altar or the Lord would appear to him time after time as he went through his experience of traveling through that long journey until finally he reached the place that God wanted him to come to. And I think we all have that desire. We'd like to reach the place where we know that's where God wants us. And when he got there, he was old, his wife was old, and they were at the very peak of uh, all the experiences that they had had. They'd come to the high peak. Actually, this peak was between Ai and Bethel. Ai means a heap of ruin. And Bethel means the house of God. So he reached this point where he stood between the ruined world and the house of God. So this was a peak for him to be there with God's house before him and separating, even being an anti-testimony to the corrupted and ruined world. It wasn't the problem of getting there. Actually, if you trace all those steps, it was comparatively easy. Abraham went from one place to the other till finally he reached the high peak. But then, as Witness Lee pointed out, he went south. And at that time, he got into some real problem. The point here is not the problem he got into, but the fact that he didn't remain at that high peak. What we'd like to do as those who have been called by God and who have consecrated ourselves to the Lord Shouldn't we have the same experience of reaching such a high peak? In my Christian experience, when I saw what is the house of God, in other words, I faced Bethel, I reached a high peak. It's not so hard to reach this peak. The real secret is to stay there. This is where Abraham's weakness was. A famine came, and instead of staying in this choice high peak place, he weakened 
and went south to Egypt. We must learn this lesson and take grace to remain at the high peak. Thank you, Francis, for those comments. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Not too long after Abraham's being called, and not too long after Abraham's living by faith, this trial came. All of a sudden, a famine came. This was a real lesson for him to learn how to trust in God for his daily living. God did appear to him. And God told him, definitely, Abraham, this is the place which I will give to your descendants. And this very God came to appear to Abraham. Should Abraham have any doubt? Even the famine came. Abraham should say, I don't care for this because I have the living God. Amen. The famine came. Did he pray? Did he say to his wife, Dear, let us pray? He just didn't pray. I don't know why Abraham forgot to pray. I just don't know. Do you laugh at him? I tell you, when the famine You just forget that you are a Christian. (laughs) You forget that you have a living God who appeared to you. But you do remember that you have a stomach. Look at the situation. Where are we here? Here in the land, famine. There, Egypt was the land of food. Right way. Both the husband and the wife agreed. I do believe before they made the decision, they were going downward already. When they got into the border of Egypt, Abraham, maybe his smart man, reminded him, my, suppose the Egyptians will take Sarah and kill me. Abraham made agreement with his wife, teaching his wife to lie. I was much bothered. Abraham, do you have a standard of morality or not? You just saved your life, right? Would you sacrifice your wife for the sake of your life? Let your wife be taken? Would not that be a shame? You just sell your wife. Do you believe God's called one would do this or should do this? He was prepared to sell his wife for his stomach. Listen to this. The thing happened just exactly as what this prophet predicted. Abraham was a good prophet. What he predicted was fulfilled. And the Egyptians came. And his wife was taken away. Away to the palace of Pharaoh. Because 
of Pharaoh. Pharaoh gave him a lot of things. Abraham became rich. He didn't say, I can't take this. I want Sarah. He just let Sarah go. I couldn't understand how could he sleep well that night. You read the Bible. I do believe he was so sure that his wife was lost. But God would not let him go. God came in. Not to deal with Abraham. God came in to deal with Pharaoh. The Bible says, plague upon him and his house. I surely strongly believe that plague was certain kind of disease. Came over Pharaoh first and over everyone of the house. Only Sarah, not. You can see God's hind other. God kept Abraham and his wife. Eventually, Abraham didn't lose his wife. But he became rich. By this one thing, Abraham learned to realize that the very calling God took care of him. And everything was in God's hand. Just by this one thing, he was disciplined. Not just to trust in God, but to know that God is real. God really takes care of him. Whether you believe in him or you don't trust in him, as long as you are his called one, he takes care of you. Don't say this is the story of Abraham. This is our story. The one who called you and me, Israel. Regardless whether the economy of the world is good or bad, you just forget about that. God takes care of you. Our God is too good. I tell you, while you are planning to sell your wife, he is preparing to bless you. <laughs> well, once again, we see that Abraham was not the spiritual giant that we most often suppose him to be. Yet God even used his weakness to demonstrate the greatness of his keeping grace. Francis Paul's word in Romans warns us against the thought, let us do evil that good might come. Yet God seems to bless even Abraham's sinful failure. Is this a contradiction? Surely we make a big mistake if we use another saint's weakness or any failure on his part as an excuse to do evil that good may come. There's no contradiction here. But there is a marvelous picture of God's superabounding grace. His grace may keep us from such a failure, and that is as it should be. But our weakness and uh, our attempt at self-protection 
may cause us to get into such a deplorable situation. That's when we need God's superabounding grace. How wonderful our Lord is. He can take our failures, turn them to blessings, and He's not for our success, but for His purpose. May the Lord bring us through all kinds of testing times to be faithful to Him. Abraham's experience is for our encouragement and not for our excuse. The tests will come. They came to Abraham and they will come to us. Their circumstances will change and there may be famines of all kinds which test us. How wonderful if we cannot fail. But anyway, our God is faithful. He cannot deny himself. He has a way to see us through to his glory. We're not so faithful, but our God is faithful. I really like that, Francis. I'm looking forward to the conclusion of our life study. Let's rejoin Witness Lee. Read first verse of chapter 13. This happened after Abraham was sent out of Egypt. Here it says, And Abraham went up out of Egypt. Feeling shameful to praise God. For his goodness, yet he went up to north, back to Bethel, back to the place where he built the altar and pitched the tent. Back to the beginning. Let me say a word. The called ones mostly would never go back. Abraham never went back to Chaldea. He went down to Egypt twice. He repeated this wife-siling story. Don't think Abraham was that high. Without the keeping Greece, none of us could remain on the peak. You have to realize when you are falling, you are still in the keeping grace. And the keeping grace will just bring you back to the peak. You may say, pray the Lord. I have learned the lesson. Well, it needs some test to prove whether you have really learned the lesson or not. Abraham got the riches by trying to sell his wife and his brother Lot also. They got a lot. I tell you many, many times the second trail just comes from the blessing of the first trail. This is exactly our experience. Praise the Lord. Abraham has learned the lesson. There was a strife between his herdmen and Lot's herdmen. He said, okay, Lot, look, all the places. If you take the right hand, I go the left. If you take the left hand, I go the right. It's all up to your choice. I would not strive And I would not have any choice 
Why deep within him, he said, my choice is with God. Amen. I have learned the lesson. By going down to Egypt, I know that I am under the care of my God. I don't need to choose anything. Lord, take your choice. Take. And Lord did it. Listen to this. Right after Lot left him, God appeared to him. God didn't appear to Abraham when he was in Egypt because he was on the wrong position. Now he was in the right position. Not only back to the original place, but also he wouldn't strive for himself a bit. You see, God came to appear to him and told him, Abraham, look around you. Look as far as you can. Wherever you can look at, that will be the land to you and to your seed. I give all the choices to you. Northward, southward, eastward, westward, of course, also upward. All will be yours. You said to Lot, if you take the right, I go the left. If you take the left, I go the right. But God said, I give you all. I give you all. Brothers, let your brother have the choices. Never strive for yourself. God would come in to give you all the choices. Francis, the story of Abraham truly demonstrates our frailty and God's overshadowing greatness. Mm. Even in Abraham's repeated failure, which is just a picture of our own failure, God used it all for his economy and for Abraham's training. Eventually, Abraham got through because eventually his choice was with God. This must mean that there's hope for us as well, doesn't it? Yes, I believe so. Our experience quite often are the reflection of Abraham's story. But we must keep in mind that Abraham's choice was with God. While Witness Lee's presentation of this whole situation with Abraham was very enlightening, it should give us a deep inner desire to exercise our faith, even in the most desperate situation, that God does have a purpose, and what he is doing in his repeated visits to us is for the accomplishing of this purpose. In that light, I believe we can all shout, Praise the Lord, there is hope, even for me. I believe that this whole experience of Abraham, in spite of the failure, and even seemingly because of the failure, just proved to Abraham that God would see him through and bring him all the way to his goal for his purpose. May we also be in that attitude when we make choices that we choose with God. Regardless of what our failures may be, God will not fail. This has to be a great encouragement to us. We may not always succeed, 
But we can always choose God, can't we? Amen. That's right. Thank you, Francis. Wonderful fellowship, wonderful life study today. Thank you. You have been listening to the Life Study of Genesis with Witness Lee. If you would like more information about this program, then please call 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or write to Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. You can also send us email at radio at lsm.org. For a free download of this program, or to find more information, visit us online at lsm.org. If you've enjoyed what you've heard from this Life Study of Genesis, then we encourage you to freely distribute this program. It's available in MP3 format. Again, it can be downloaded from lsm.org free of charge.